Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. BTF. And I'm looking at two fine looking gentlemen, both with <laughs> smiles and hugging each other. I have Hamish from Property Empire, who is a guru in the rental market, and I've got Simon, who is a big time developer from Development Empire. Gentlemen, how are we? Good, thanks. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having us along, Kane. That was a pretty good intro, wasn't it, Pedro? Yeah, one of your better ones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, there's a topic that we want to talk about, and it is obviously um, probably front of mind for the media and everybody else out there, and it is the property market um, from probably a sales point of view, but the rental market as well. So um, I'm going to throw to you, Sai. Yeah. And I want you to give us a bit of an overview as a developer in general, though, and hunting properties of what you're seeing out there around mm. the property market. Yeah, sure. So I think there's a bit of a disconnect at the moment from what I see. So from it seems that a lot of the sellers, a lot of the vendors are, are sort of holding on to last year's prices um, and, you know, really digging their heels in to try and hold those. Yeah. Um, I think what we're looking for, you know, the bigger sites, um, the development sites, that sort of stuff, where we've got to on-sell those, obviously, at, a, at the current price that the units are, are at now. So, you know, we've got to try to squeeze those ingoing costs down as much as we can. Um, so I think there's a bit of a disconnect. What we're willing to pay for things isn't quite what vendors are willing to accept just yet. Mm. Um, but I think they're slowly dropping down. And you can see that in the market a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, asking prices dropping 50 grand here, 100 grand there. And you've um, been watching these too. Because I know you're closely, ready to pounce yeah, on something. Yeah, yeah. So you've been watching listings where they have come down 100 grand over they, a two-week period. They have, yeah, yeah. And I don't think they're coming down below market, but they're just coming yeah. down to market. Beforehand, they were, I think, priced above yeah. what the market's sitting at now. So... And then just to cut in, what I will say is is um, knowing uh, what you do and your feasibility on sites is that you're seeing people out there yeah. that uh, have a mate, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred square meter site. That's it. Yep. Agent gets in there and says, "Hey, look, your house is a bit run down, but place this as a development site." If it's unitary planned in terms of urban zone or thab zoning, we can really boost the price in here because the developer pay overs for it. Yeah, we know those days are starting to pull away. Mm. But exactly what you're saying—the correlation of what the vendor is being told to what actually is happening—there's a complete disconnect. There is too. Yeah, and we're, what we're also finding is uh, sites that are zoned um, thab, you know, not necessarily going to have terrace houses or, or apartment apartments. blocks on there. Yeah, yeah. sorry, apartment blocks on there. Whereas terrace houses might be more more appropriate, yep. which obviously reduces the cost that a developer is willing to pay for that. Yeah, and the pricing metrics is skewed because if that general house, let's say it was a fucking shit dive, if I can swear to the producer, uh, it was a <laughs> fucking shit dive of a house, and the, the land was good, yeah. but the, the dwelling was terrible if you sold that on the open market as a family home that wouldn't be retrieving the prices that they're trying to get from a development point of view that's it and the agents play both sides of that that coin you know it's either selling it with the with the high or the you know the most efficient zoning or they'll sell it as a first home or you know a very nice home or or whatever whatever's going to get the highest price they'll they'll go for that angle and and fair enough too but you know when you when 
when we're coming at it from a certain angle, we can push that to the side. We know exactly what we're willing to pay for it. And if we can't get that, then we'll just move on. And moving on to Hamish, on the rental property market side, because you own Property Empire and you're also to the property manager in there and what you're seeing, what are you seeing on the rental market at the moment? So it's also an interesting time, I guess, in the in the rental market. It's very dependent on the type of property. So, um, yeah, the new builds, um, it, it sort of becomes a supply and demand. So with a number of the new builds, they've been a little bit more difficult to move. Um, so it comes down to pricing it right. Yeah. Um, because if, if someone in the complex is sort of well below what everyone else is, then that sort of ends up being the, the market, the market. Standard, so yeah. um, it's almost better to try and work together with the neighbours in order to just hold the value yeah. um, but also there's there's areas out there that people um, aren't really looking at yeah. so lights of Westgate and like these areas that have a whole lot of new builds that um, until until now they haven't really been a suburb but now they are so we sort of have tend to find that some of these people aren't looking at them on their sort of watch list on Trade Me. Yeah. Um, so it requires us to do a bit more of a wide marketing uh, strategy where we label in a couple of the other yeah. suburbs nearby in order to to really get a decent amount of inquiry. Yeah. And then you've got other properties that lease really quickly um, within you know within the first week. You've got multiple people putting applications forward and. Um, yeah, so I think it comes down to pricing um, and, and the types of properties. So in the central suburbs, I've noticed a lot of um, sort of young couples that have either now moved into their own property, they've used this dip in the market to, and they've been ready to move and they've bought, so they're moving out. And then the types of tenants that are coming in, it's been um, a little bit more difficult, uh, it tends to be a flatting situation in um, in the central suburbs in order to get the rent that uh, the landlord wants. So it's almost room by room. Yeah, so house. like often a couple and then you know a friend. Yeah. So so that's um, yeah that's sort of where that's been at the moment. It's interesting because um, you know inflation's rampant, interest rates have risen quite a lot, and on the back of that, if people are holding debt on those properties, they probably want their rent to increase as well to cover a bit of that. Now you can only increase it by a certain amount, and I re- there's regulation around it. But have you seen rents decrease, increase, say stable over the last sort of twelve months? Yes, I, I think that they've definitely increased. Uh, landlords are trying to get some of these costs back that the government's. Um, putting in place in, in and around healthy homes so yeah. they're, they're spending a lot to get some of these properties up to standard um, but in saying that the market's the market so you can only really put it up to a certain price before people start to look at the one around the corner and think yeah. hey that's a better deal and you also minimize um, the pool of in- inquiry and then generally you get a worse tenant so um, it's a fine line. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of these um, investors, it's, it's one of their uh, biggest assets, and they need to um, keep it safe. And part of that is having a decent tenant. So mm. the front end is very important, and and pricing it right is is important as well. I hear you say all the time where um, uh, a client or, or something you hear about might be trying to get 10 or 20 dollars above the street or suburb um, median right to rent out a house yeah. 
and you say, well, shit, if you want 10 bucks more than what's realistic, you could be vacant for mm. six weeks. Yeah. If you're vacant for six weeks and not getting 700 bucks a week rent, what's the point of that extra 10 bucks you're trying to get? Yeah. So I think you have a really good point on that, don't you? Yeah, well, it's, it is. It's important to, well, comes back to getting that pricing right um, in order to get the best tenant because that's often more important than um, an extra 10 or $20 a week because you get one or two weeks of vacancy. That tends to be um, the difference over that fixed year yep. tenancy. So collectively, gents, where do we see yeah. this? Where do we see this market going over the next 12, 18 months in general, in terms of property? Up, down, sideways, fucking backwards. What do we see? Well, I'll jump in there first. I think there'll be a bit of a lull, a bit of a plateau for the next 12 months. I reckon uh, might go down a little bit. I think the demand's still there in terms of people still want new houses. They still want to to move into houses. You know that demand's historic, and you know it, that's. That's where we sort of sit. I think um, I think we will get a lot of people coming back to New Zealand. I think there'll be a lot more demand of foreigners moving back to New Zealand or moving into New Zealand. So I think there will be an uptick there, even though there's a lot of media speculation around a lot of people moving to Australia and, and the likes, which I think will also happen, but I think it will even out to what it has been long term. Um, so I think, yeah, I think there'll definitely be demand for rentals, which will pu- push those yields up. Um, and I think that'll, that'll spur on the development again because um, we're still you know we, we don't have the stock already yeah. for, the, for the current market so we're until all these houses are built we're still not we're still not there yet especially in Auckland and I think existing homes too like you've got to remember so many people are at so many different life stages yeah in life right and you might have a young family that's all of a sudden have their second or third kid Hamish and um <laughs> all of a sudden go, shit, I've outgrown my home, so I need a bigger house. Yeah. So all of a sudden, they want to sell that house and upgrade to get a bigger home. So all of a sudden, there's two transactions in a market. That's always going to occur, no matter if there's a downturn or upturn. The other thing I'll point out is that over the last 18 to probably 24 months, you know, especially Auckland, we've had like 30-something percent capital gains, mm-hmm. right? Fucking drop that. If we lose 15% on that, if you told someone going to COVID... I'll give you, if I had a million dollar home, I'll give you 150 grand cash to come out better off in the end of back end of COVID. You would have taken it all day long. Yeah. So yes, we you might lose 15 percent, but you still gain 15 because it up. went up 30. Yeah. Humans have real short sights. They don't they don't think that far back or far ahead. They do. They do. So, and again. The other thing I say is, if you buy and sell in the same market, you're all good. Yeah, yeah. And just to mirror what you were saying, Kane, you know, the media keeps speculating about how the interest rates are rising so high. They're still they're still low historically. You know, this is still they're still low compared to what they were pre-COVID. So, producer Bailey over here has done some research on that, and we are so far below the average one-year fixed rate at the moment, and below, and also too way below the highest fixed rate we've had. It's insane in terms of inflation worldwide we sit pretty much bang in the middle right yeah. so we're talking about new zealand such a safety nest if you're with we always talk about obviously um time in the market not timing the market for any type of investment so if it's investment you get in and hold it but if you're trying to buy and sell and flick you don't really know what market you're playing in but yeah. it's always time right yeah so it's not i think there's so much media speculation we talk about this all the time that actually drives probably people's decisions but they need to really look and understand what they want to do long term for it what would you say Hamish probably to round things off around 
the rental property market moving forward. Do you think that um, there will continue to be a, uh, a need in the major cities for rentals? Mm-hmm. And do you think the regions will decrease or do you think they'll continue to steady, uh, steadily increase? I, th- I think they're both going to, they're obviously going to need rentals. So I think a lot of it will depend on what happens with the election next year, um, interest yeah. deductibility and... Um, I know you'd love infrastructure <laughs> back. But I think, yeah, rental market will move towards a, a new build market if Labour were to get re-elected. Um, and I think that a lot of the older stock will come to the market. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's a lot probably relying on the election next year. And hopefully um, if there's a change <laughs> of government, then we, we might... Uh, get a bit of a lift again I'd say. I think and there's been some disparity around consents being issued mm. what's been turning into actual new dwellings as mm, well because mm. they were saying you know oh we're going to have an oversupply of houses and all that but the correlation we're hearing is that, that yes but consents being issued and you know this yeah. from a development point of view but to what actually comes to fruition onto the market as a home is not there. That's right so I think a couple of months back I read a read a number I think it's about around 80% of the dwelling of the consents that get issued actually end up getting constructed yeah mm. and then if you offset that as well by you know the 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 existing stock that needs to be demolished for those to build you probably knock another 10 percent off that so yeah from that from that 100 percent you're probably down around that that 70 percent mark of what's yep. actually getting built so yeah. the consensus in this room because we've got some really good brains here, <laughs> is that um historically property market performs as does the share market as does everything else it's time of what you've got your asset into it the rental market will always be there as an investor yeah. and those will naturally increase over time from rents. You're saying don't try overprice the market, be on point or slightly under because vacancies kill you. Mm. And from a development point of view, you're seeing the need for new builds. Yep. I know you love the affluent areas yep. needing yep. really good, decent priced houses um, and will continue to have a shortage um, until, I suppose, we, we don't even have really a crystal ball because the products or the supplies coming in are not there. Um, they probably catch up at some point next year, but you just can't build quick enough, yeah, right? Yeah, you can't. You can't. So, and a lot of that's actually stopped. Three, I've had three properties come onto my books in the last two weeks that have all been resorts, resource consents granted, but they don't have the ability to fund, fund it. it now, so mm. they're just going to sit tight for a couple of years. So there's a bit of that happening too. Mm. And that'll also, I think, free up a lot of the, the material shortages that you're hearing as well. Yeah. A lot of people would have placed orders months ago, put, put projects on hold now, and then you know they'll release those back into the market. So yeah. hopefully it'll all start freeing up again and moving. Hey, life ticks on. Eh? It does. But what I want to get, I want to get you boys back on, because I think your insights are really good on your two avenues. If you need a really good property manager who loves what he does, he's got a big smile here, <laughs> reach out to Hamish at Property Empire. What's your um, email address? Uh, easiest is just hamish at propertyempire.co.nz. Cool. He takes care of my property. He's good. And Simon, build some great houses. Yeah, I know cool. you've got some uh, sites you're looking at the moment. We do. Reach out to you. Yep. What's the best email address if someone's interested in maybe some stock available coming soon? Yeah, sure. So that's simon at developmentempire.co.nz. And my name's Kane. BTF, I'm missing my man Isa, but we carry on with life. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast. 
or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.